This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Great to have you with us, everyone. Your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, March 23rd. It is a game night for BYU basketball. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is halfway to his perfect Final Four NIT bracket, Jerem Jordan. I filled one out uh, for no good reason, but I'm, I've got the, the other two. I got the Bonnies, and I got Xavier. Not to be confused with Professor Xavier. Uh, and then I had Brigham coming out of its uh, quadrant, and then uh, Wake Forest was the other. So go Demon Deacons. So BYU and Wake Forest yep. need to win tonight for Jerem to have the perfect <laughs> NIT Final Four. This is exciting, said no one. What are yeah. you talking about? You called a perfect Final Four, potentially. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> it matter. Again, you need like to launch things, your own website. It doesn't matter. You need to launch your own website and do NIT Bracketology. You can become the master of that domain. Nobody yeah. has dared to take that domain just yet. Uh, What? <laughs> More NIT bracketology in today's show lineup. Well, at least <sighs> NIT discussion for sure. Does BYU men's basketball need to win tonight in order to call this basketball season a success? We'll get into that. Men's Hoops assistant coach Cody Figure joins us in studio to preview tonight's matchup against Washington State. A spot in New York City and Madison Square Garden on the line. And BYU football Bolstered its secondary this morning. A veteran pass defender coming over in the transfer portal. We'll talk with the newest member of the Cougars and bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines now. It's in a knit quarterfinal game day as the Cougars of Brigham host the Cougars of Washington State. Pre-game at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. The game on ESPN2 and BYU Radio, of course. An hour later, winner goes to Madison Square Garden in New York City for the semifinals of the NIT or NIT. Who is this football mystery edition? We're going to give you the details right now. BYU football has announced the signing of Vanderbilt transfer cornerback Gabe Judy Lolly. Coming off a season where he racked up 50 tackles, had an interception with the Commodores. The redshirt junior has three years of eligibility left. We'll discuss more with the newest member of the BYU football pass defense. SEC! SEC! Let's go. In other less exciting news, uh, freshman defensive lineman Logan Fano tweeted this. For everyone asking, I've injured my ACL and will be getting surgery soon. Thank you all for the continued love and support. I'll be back ready to go. Logan 2.0 is on the way. Go Cougs. I won't be answering questions at this time. We did confirm it is a torn ACL. So if he returns this season, typically a nine-month recovery now in 2022, it'd be late season if he does at all. Bummer because Logan Fano was going to be a uh, interesting piece on the defensive line as a freshman. We thought maybe an immediate contributor, right? Yeah. So best wishes and recovery to Logan. Yeah, get better, Logan. BYU baseball beats Utah Valley yesterday 12-5, extending their win streak over the Wolverines in a rivalry but not rivalry to 12 games. Jerem called it two home runs by the Batcats. Yay. One from Alex Sardina and the other from Cole Gamble, who is just swinging a fantastic bat right now. Sardina played for Pintar and had a homer. That's 
That's how you get it that's done what in you do. the reserve role. That's what you do. You raise your stock. 12 total hits for BYU in that win. BYU returns to Miller Park this weekend for a massive West Coast Conference Series against a very good and nationally ranked Gonzaga team, the Bulldogs number 23 coming to Provo. I thought it was Gonzaga. The women's track and field outdoor team is ranked number one at the midpoint of the USTFCCA Program of the Year rankings. That's awesome. Men's team is 10th. Part of the teams are uh, participating in the 94th Clyde Littlefield Texas Relays in Austin today through Saturday. There are two other meets they might be at, that depending on what events you do and where. And I, I wonder if it's ever like, where's the nicest place to go? I'll go to Austin. <laughs> BYU track and field by far is the most well-traveled team on campus. <laughs> I feel like they're all over the map at several locations at the same time. I, yeah, yes. And they have an outdoor and indoor season. Yes. I'd rather be on the golf team when it comes to the sport and travel, though. That'd be my number one right there. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. In the words of Mark Pope in a text message sent to his players late on Saturday night or early Sunday morning, 40 minutes to New York. 40 minutes of basketball will determine which set of Cougars from BYU or Washington State go to Madison Square Garden and the NIT Final Four. Question is, does BYU need to win tonight and punch that ticket to New York City and the NIT Final Four in order to call this season a success? Depends what your standard is. Um, If you're Utah and you've won between 11 and 17 games the last four seasons, you would take a 24-10 and and two-win postseason in the NIT right now. You would. If you're BYU, you want to make the tourney uh, almost every year, right? It's hard to make it every year. I don't think that's the standard. But it's the goal, certainly. But the standard is probably make the tourney, you know, two out of every four years or three out of every four years. The reality is uh, getting to the tourney is the goal. It's not winning in the tourney. I'd like to get to the point where going isn't the goal, that winning in the tourney is the goal. I don't think it's unsuccessful if BYU loses tonight and ends the season at 24-11 and 11 with two postseason wins in the knit. I don't think it's unsuccessful. I, I don't think we're in a position to call a 24-win year unsuccessful. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it, that's, that would be too high. Um, certainly, if BYU wins tonight, you, we automatically uh, remember this season in a unique way more than we would have because, oh, that team at least made a run. In the postseason, and we don't care about the CBI, and I don't even think BYU can even go to the CIT. It's meant for smaller schools. So BYU a couple years ago could have gone to the CBI, chose not to. They were like, no, we have, we're not doing that. That's like Pepperdine, okay? <laughs> I think, th- did they win the CBI last year? Like, who cares? doesn't matter. I know they got COVID after going to that, and then they got it to the men's volleyball team, and that complicated things with BYU men's volleyball. Ooh. But anyways... Yeah, uh, no, BYU does not need to win to call this season successful. In context, let's rewind to the beginning of the season. And we're sitting in Studio B at some point in October, Mm -hmm. and we're discussing... Roll the tape! ...the crystal ball that has revealed what's going to happen this season for BYU. Like when we predicted... Sure, but then we find out the next day. We find out the next day, Gavin Baxter's going to blow out his knee against Utah Valley. Oh, Richard Harward is not going to finish even one regular season game. So you will have no bigs. And Seneca Knight, transfer that we had high hopes for, is going to injure his finger 
in the latter part of the season. Okay? So BYU will not have those players available. Then what? But they're still going to win 24 games. We don't know the context of, hey, it's going to be in the, the NIT or yeah. the tournament. Yeah. They're still going to win 24 games. We would say, whoa, okay, well done, Mark Pope and coaching staff. Like, you get 24 wins and you don't have those pieces? It's, it's, that's too much success to call it unsuccessful. Yeah. 24 games with essentially no bigs? That is amazing. You win 24 games. You're asking, hey, Atiki Ali Atiki, I know you're from a different continent and you're a totally different religion and this is a totally different experience for yes. you. Can you be the main guy? No, no, no. It was Foos. Oh, the other guy from a different continent, from a different religion, who's trying to figure things out. They did really well. Foos did particularly well. Atiki has come on the last half of the season really nicely as well. That's awesome. So now I would submit this, Spence. Has BYU overachieved with this, these numbers? Yeah, and I said as much to Mark Pope right before the Cougs versus Cancer run. At that point, they had won 22 games. I'm like, but you still won 22 games with everything that has been thrown your direction in terms of lack of health and the roster shakeup. That's pretty remarkable. Like, that is – 22 wins at that point is wild. Like, I – I can't sit here and say, ah, oh, no, I don't know if I'd have taken it. Uh, every, like, you tell me Baxter and Harward and Seneca Knight are yeah, all, you, you're going to take 22 wins. Yeah, a fool wouldn't. Yes, absolutely. Then consider this. Remember when BYU beat number one ranked Gonzaga and spoiled the Zags' perfect season on their senior night? Wait, what? Eric when, Mika. When did that happen? It was the Eric Mika game that essentially propelled him into wanting to pursue the NBA draft. Yes. Which, <sighs> was that a bad thing, BYU beat number one Gonzaga then? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's always good to be. Remind me, what did that BYU team do in the postseason? NIT won and done. Ah, NIT won and done. UT Arlington. Already, even though BYU beat the number one team in America and ruined their perfect season, already we view this team in a in uh, more of a happy or cheerful light compared to that team that beat number one ranked Gonzaga because they have won two games of the NIT because season and because not because game they have yes they have just battled through adversity so this season some self-imposed to me yeah to me already is a success yeah contextually speaking yeah listen we we have standards here on and off the court on the court we want uh BYU to win a bunch of games to make the NCAA tournament the reality is that's not always going to happen and I think winning two games in the NIT to me is probably still an overachievement given the roster like and it's not like you had uh, sophomores or even juniors backing them up. I'm, I'm telling you, they're literally freshmen who are living on a different continent. It's just, it's a new experience. They've done really well. Fusin and Tiki have done really well to play as well as they've done. Yes. And I'm excited for their future. Like, they're both going to be in the Big 12 era for BYU. This is awesome. We didn't think that we, that we were going to need them this year. Um, but their, their growth was expedited, which was great. And uh, they, they had – Foose had the most growth of any player on the team this year, period. Like, not even close. Went from, well, I don't know how much he's going to play. He seems like he could be good in, in a while to double-double machine down the stretch, right? And he's top 35, by the way, in offensive and defensive rebounding percentage in the country. He has the accelerator clause in his personal contract. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which, by the way – I. If I understand it correctly, international players can't have NIL deals. There's some 
technicality there, which is disappointing. Yeah, as we I understand work on it. that. We got to work we, on we, that. NCA, figure that out. Okay. But yeah, it, listen, go and win tonight and continue this. And now we throw you in with 13 and 16. It's like, hey, I know those teams didn't make the tourney, but it was a fun run in the postseason. Because let's be honest, if BYU, I'm not saying I like the NIT more than the NCA when I say this. No, just just of understand the not. point. Of course just not. Just hear the sentence I'm saying, not anything around it. BYU would have been out of the tourney by now. And it's fun that we're still playing, m- mingling with BYU basketball uh, in, the, in the net. So let's go. You can be disappointed and still call a season successful. Case in point. 100%. Yeah. BYU women's basketball. We just got done talking about that. Yeah. Super disappointing finish in the NCAA tournament. Was their season successful? Uh, yes. Absolutely. In fact, it was one for the record books. 26 wins. I went after a dude the other day on Twitter about this. Four losses. Very point. You can be disappointed and still have a successful season. I know that BYU fans want BYU in the big dance. We all did. You can be disappointed about that, but still step back and say, you know what? Now that I look at the big picture, man, I can't believe they won 24 games. Maybe 25 tonight. Maybe 26 if they win one more. Or 27 if they win the NIT. They've got a shot at it, right? Let's go. It's already been in fact, a success. They, To your point... You and I believe they have yeah. overachieved yeah. based on all based of on the, the adversity yeah. that they have seen. We can still be disappointed and still see that picture clearly. Yeah, that's fine. Let's go. Let's win tonight. Beat the beat the Kooks. The spirit of Tyler Algier is alive tonight. Let's go. Our question of the day. Does BYU need to win tonight in order to call this season a success? What's the play in basketball that equals Tyler Algier flying over the goal line and destroying a defender to score a touchdown? Caleb Boner's dunk the against dunk? Pepperdine, was it? That one was awesome. <laughs> Caleb Loner catches yes. a body on a dunk. <laughs> yes, like knees a dude in the jaw. Yes. He's the just Superman. Tom, Tom Chambers above him, yeah. Yeah, where you like propel yourself even higher because your knee goes into yes. the Yes, this is Tom Chambers with the Suns, not the Utes. Just want to point that out. That's the Tyler Algier play that we're hoping to see tonight. <laughs> All right, let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jonathan Hawkinson on Twitter answers, absolutely BYU needs to win tonight in order to call this season a success. Hmm. Okay. BYU started the season looking like a top team in the nation. It's only right for them to finish the season looking like a top team with a win tonight. A win tonight will make the season a success given all the injuries and obstacles they have overcome. We would argue that... Politely disagree because... They have already achieved success based on that logic. The season has been a success given all the injuries and obstacles they have already overcome. Yes. I don't know what the football analogy is, but what if BYU lost its starting left tackle and left guard and still were able to run the ball? Decently, you know what I mean? Like, that'd be tough. Or, you know, it, it just cha- it changed the season. It really did. The matchups that BYU was going to be equal to or better than were tougher. Like, BYU doesn't lose to San Francisco three t- uh, no twice nope. if Gavin Baxter or Richard Harward are there. They it's don't lose to Utah matchup. Valley if Gavin Baxter stays in Correct. that game. BYU doesn't Correct. lose to Santa Clara Pacific if they have one of their bigs in that game. We, I think we all believe that. Yeah, that changed the season. So, okay, that, that, that's fine. Hashtag BYU's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, we share what new rule we think college football should adopt based on the USFL's crazy rules. Love them. BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Feger has been overachieving his entire life. He's in studio to give us the scouting report on Washington State. Absolutely he has. 
He's overcome adversity with the Packers, too. This is BYU Sports they Nation. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have underachieved. Come on. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, BYU and Washington State tonight. Alex Barcelo guarantees he'll make another one of those shots. Battle of the Cougs, NYC on the line. It'd be, what, the fifth time BYU's ever been to New York City for the NIT semifinals. 51-66, 13-16. Let's go. They haven't won a semifinal in New York since, since 1966, though. Yes, pregame coverage at 8 Eastern, I should mention, on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, the always fabulous and very intuitive Green Bay Packers fan and solid BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Feger is with us in Studio B. Cody, welcome back. Have you recovered from the Packers' postseason and now losing Devontae Adams to Ben Bagley's Las Vegas Raiders? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. It took a little while, but I've recovered. Um, we had a little owner's meeting. and uh, As an, Are you an owner? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. We had an owner's meeting yep. that morning, and you know we treat our players right. We treat our guys right, and Devontae wanted to get back with his teammate from college, and uh, we just want to make sure he could do what he wanted to do. Um, we're looking at some free agent receivers right now. <laughs> thank you, Ben Baggins. Oh my God. Raiders fans, thank you for your yeah. kind-heartedness and for your ability to see As the owner. big picture that we were just talking about in that opening segment. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Cody. It's good to have you. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, let's talk about this. So we, we were just discussing, our question of the day is an aggressive one. Is Does BYU need to win to call this a successful season? We feel like, no, it's been a successful season because of what you guys have done overcoming the injuries. How do you kind of see success in a season like this where obviously you wanted to make the tourney, you didn't, but now you're making a run? Yeah, I mean, obviously our goal is to make this NCAA tournament and make a run in there. Um, and right now uh, that's not in the cards, right? So we got to do the best we can do right now and and uh, win, some, win some more games here in this NIT. That, that's our goal. Uh, our guys are excited about it. Practice has been really good. We're really excited about this game tonight. The opportunity to play as a player and, and coach in Madison Square Garden. I mean, that you need no more motivation. It would feel like. Yeah, no, I'm, that's I'm, a big that's a big deal as a player. Yeah. A oh, 100 percent. Like that's the mecca, right? You think of Madison Square Garden. That's the best place, and that's where everyone wants to play. I mean. I heard Spike Lee's going to be the, be at some of the games, so we're excited is about it, it. Is he really? I have no <laughs> idea. Oh, my gosh. I was like, well what? played. I was like, Spike Lee? He's just going to yell, it's got to be the shoe. Is that a Leanne everybody. Pope connection there? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I was like, geez, that's awesome. And and we talk about it a little in jest, but a little serious. Like, there's a little history there. But you always won the NIT, historically. We got we got a banner. You can add to that banner. Yeah, that would be unbelievable. If you will. If we can do that. You know, got to take care of business tonight. And no, no, no. Two games ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's so uncomfortable <laughs> right now. Like, we have uh, Cody, st- let's break down the uh, potential matchups of the final <laughs> yeah, four and the wait, championship. You want to wait for us or am? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cody Figure is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the task at hand tonight with Washington State. I said it yesterday uh, and the day before that. They remind me a ton of San Francisco. A lot of size inside. They're just so long and athletic and tall, and they have great guard play as well. How close to San Francisco is this Washington State team from a scouting report? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good call. They're very similar to San Francisco, right? They're a great rebounding team, so that's got to be the number one key for us tonight, the rebounding. Defending this three-point line is really important. they got a lot of good shooters, um, and their defense is really good. So we got to move the ball, got to make some shots, make an extra pass for your teammate. Uh, it's going to be a fun game tonight. They look like San Francisco because they have San Francisco's old coach, yep. Kyle Smith. Uh, they've you know, yeah guard heavy and then some really big bigs. Uh, Michael Flowers and Tyrell Roberts have put up two hundred plus threes each. Oh yeah, they're, so they're getting them up. They'll get them up. Yeah, against San Francisco, Tyrell Roberts. I think he made six or seven. Oh, they played each threes. other. Yeah, that was their first NIT game. Santa oh. Clara at Washington oh Santa State. Clara. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did I say something else? San Francisco. I meant San Francisco. I was like, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, all good. But they, yeah, they they uh, are similar to them, which is interesting. In terms of uh, the front court matchup, this has been something you guys have dealt with all year. Now they, do they start 6'10", 6'11"? Yeah. Okay. They're huge. It really is like San Francisco. It's just like San Francisco. So yeah. Foose, Foose has tried to overcome this as a 6'6 guy with a 7'2 wingspan. But I, I was looking on Ken Palm today, top 35 in offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. He's held his own in this. Yeah, regard. Foose has been unbelievable. He's... Uh, He's getting better every day. He works so hard. He's in the gym um, in the morning, you know, after practice. He's, he's working his tail off to get better and, and um, really help these senior guards and huge part of this team. Washington State being similar to San Francisco, is that a good or bad thing? Because that it's matchup great was thing. tough gets, during the regular season. Yeah, it's a great thing. Year. Gives us another shot and yeah. gets our guys excited about it. You know, we, we didn't play as well as we wanted to in this tournament, so we can see what we can do tonight. Cody Feger on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougars and Cougars tonight. 40 minutes to New York City. If BYU is able to beat Washington State and get back to New York City, does a win tonight in some way validate or almost redeem the disappointment that you feel from not making the NCAA tournament? Um, I mean, it, it's just going to be a, a good step for this program. Something that we'll be excited about is just, like, it, is it going to redeem that? I, I don't know. Um, it's just something we're excited about. To, uh, these guys want to compete again, right? Um, so getting in New York would be unbelievable, you know. And and I know Alex wants it, Tijon wants it, you know, Foose, all, all these guys. Uh, Gideon, obviously Caleb, th- those guys are all really excited to play in New York and have a chance um, to do something special there. And you mentioned that rebounding is the key tonight against Washington State. How do you execute that against a team that starts 6'10 and 6'11? What does that come down to? Um, we talk about it every day uh, with our guys. It's hitting first, hitting second. So as soon as that ball goes up, Foose has got to go hit the 6'11 guy. Caleb's got to go hit the 6'10 guy, and our guard's got to smash down, and, and we got to all rebound together because they are a really good rebounding team, and they shoot a ton of threes. So it's going to kind of be bouncing all over the place. We've got to go get that ball. Feels like you need to be Dennis Rodman in the last dance. Yeah, it goes over here. It goes over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dennis Rodman's son plays for. I was gonna say, is yes. that his kid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Washington State. No has wonder Dennis they rebound Rodman's so well. Son. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. What's his What's his name? DJ. Yeah. I was wondering if that was him. Honestly, I forgot to look it up, and I was like, Rodman. Back to your question. No uh, NCAA tournament loving team wants to celebrate the NIT too hard, and that's and that's the thing with this of like. Yes, we want to win this thing, but we want to be in that tournament more. So I've, I've liked the uh, motivation of the guys because the NIT to me is about do you want to play in there or not? They're all quad one, quad two kind of games, and the guys have chosen to be in it, which has yeah. been I mean, it's, a gr- it's really a great tournament, and there's really good yep. teams, right? Everybody's right there on the bubble, really, of the NCAA tournament. So it's a, it's a great tournament, and we're, we're really excited. We, we need to get this one tonight. 
I've been looking at, and we have about, like, what would this game be? This is a quad two home game, right? It's a good home game. So let's yeah. go. And then if you keep going, there's some quad one games in there in, in New York, right? So we've spoken recently with Spencer Johnson and Trevin Nell in that seat, and both of them have pointed to something changing at halftime in that first game against Long Beach State. In fact, Trevin said, look, we were just straight up disappointed. Like, it took us, like, that first half to kind of be like, okay, all right, now it's out of the system. Now we can play. What happened in that locker room? What What did you did see at from your perspective where it was like, <laughs> okay, now they're in it? What changed? Um, I just think the guys, you know, obviously, like you said, the disappointment at first and for some of the seniors, things like that. And then at the end of the day, the guys are like, hey, we're at home. We got a great crowd here. Let's go fight. Let's go compete. And our guys just turned the switch, right? We got Gavin and Rich in the locker room talking to the guys and and uh, at the end of the day, the guys want to go compete and go fight for each other. I think it's cool that tonight we know is the last home game. We <laughs> yeah. didn't know, right? But tonight we know because then I, I think there's going to be a great crowd tonight. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun, special evening uh, with a huge opportunity. Who's talking to the team tonight? Is it an I don't, AB? I don't know yet. A Tijon-AB um, combo maybe It should or be. It yeah. should be. I think so. If I don't it's know. it's not, I think that's a myth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'll, I'll let Coach yeah. Pope know. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to scratch off Danny Ainge, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Spike Lee over Zoom? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, I want to see you guys in It's got to be the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. Vegas and Ken Pomeroy have this as like a three- or four-point game. Um, I said it's going to – it just feels like the teeth grinder, white-knuckle type of hold-on – for your dear life type of matchup, speaking in basketball terms, uh, those you... are hiking terms, right? <laughs> Climbing, maybe. Why? How do you how do you gear up for something like that emotionally as a coach? I think when your guys get in, it's almost easier for them because they're just in the heat of the game. Like, how do you gear up for that emotionally as a coach? Oh man, that's a that's a hard thing to um, think about. But I mean. Every game we feel like it's going to be a grinded out, right? Like that's just how we go into every game thinking it's going to be. We can play, you know, we played a couple non-D1s this game this year and it's like, all right, we got to be ready to go. We got to be, so we're always on pins and needles as a staff, right? Like we got to be ready to go. We got to get these guys ready, things like that. So every game's the same for us in that way. Now this Washington State team does play a little bit slower than the past couple teams we've been playing. So our guys got to be ready to grind it out and we'll talk about that for sure. Could you score six points tonight? No. If you were a player? No way. Two? No way? <laughs> Nothing? No, not two Come free on, throws. Come on, you can get fouled two and make two free throws. throws. Are you fouled. guarding me? Maybe there's a chance. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You'd score 17. <laughs> exactly. That is fantastic. Okay, we need to do our part. Let's send you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Okay, you take it. You distribute it among your team. The good vibes are flowing from Studio B to your locker room. To yeah, and AB and Tijon need to talk to the team before the game. All right, yeah. You're playing at Loki. I'm, I'm wondering we'll, if we'll it's make already it lined up. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna. T- they almost don't need permission. They'll just like jump in and say they, something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They talk all the time. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> They've been talking. Cody probably doesn't even yeah. have to say anything. No. They, they they will talk. No, I just say good luck, guys. Let's go. Let's go play. That's it. <laughs> go. Go and fly. Yeah. You're a peacock. Go fly. You you're a fly. peacock. Yeah. <laughs> Rebound. Hit first and second. Let's go. <laughs> you're, yeah. a, you're a St. Peter's peacock. Let's go. <laughs> Coming up, the newest BYU Cougar, Gabe Judy Lolly, joins us. And our BYU football's chances to repeat as de facto Pac-12 champs in jeopardy after one school had a flawless practice. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, no. 
BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Number 23, Gonzaga in town for a three-game series starting tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app in baseball. We're available on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, and the BYU Cougars app. I don't know why I need to, uh, I feel the need to say this again, but it is, again, as Jeremy said it, Gonzaga. It is not oh, yeah. Gonzaga. It is not Gonzaga. Zaga, come on. It is gone like gone with the wind and Zaga. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a, hey, let's whip it. <laughs> <laughs> Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Did baseball beating Utah Valley 12-5 last night exact, exact revenge for the loss in basketball? No, not in any way, shape, or form. Did that exact revenge for the loss of basketball? In two words, heck no. No, because BYU lost more than just the game. They lost Gavin Baxter, too. So, and they yeah. horcruxed their souls a little bit by losing. Anytime BYU lose to UVU in any sport, a piece of the soul yes. is split off and hid in a sword, in a snake tooth, and other objects around town <laughs> that must be found by Cosmo to restore it. Now, if Gavin Baxter saw the baseball game last night and was like, I'm, I'm reinvigorated. I want to come back <laughs> From and play the baseball bas- game. I want like, to come yeah. back and play basketball one more year. Let's do it. Then, <sighs> then in a way, it may have exacted some revenge. I no. wish Gavin Baxter would come back for another year. Me too. I love that dude. It doesn't sound love like Love the Baxter happened. family. Love that dude. Yeah. Welcome back with open arms. <sighs> Big game boomer, he's back. Here we go. Or she's back. We don't, we don't know. really know. We don't know. Has Aaron Roderick as a top 45 future head coach in college football? Okay. Some lofty praise from big game boomer. What's the chance A-Rod is still at BYU with Kalani Satake in three years when the Cougars are two years into the Big 12? So they won two titles? Uh, I hope he's here for a long time. I think Aaron Roderick has been the missing piece for BYU to go to 10-plus wins. I really do. I think he's a genius offensively. I think he was completely handcuffed up at Utah. Yes. And they could have had the, a taste of this. Yep. But they chose not to let him fly. So I'm more worried about Aaron Roderick leaving as an offensive coordinator for some high-level yeah. SEC Alabama or LSU team than I am about him becoming a head coach in three years. And that's not to say Aaron yes. wouldn't make a great head coach. I think he has the perfect demeanor be a great head coach and certainly the perfect demeanor to be an awesome offense coordinator which he is but with what he's done at BYU and Zach Wilson and now Jaron Hall you can't tell me that the, the Auburns and Alabamas and LSUs aren't like uh, oh Auburn would like it yeah Auburn you want to come do this down here we'll pay you as much money as you want BYU women's outdoor track and field ranked number one men's number 10 in the mid-season program of the year rankings is it time we start calling this a track and cross-country school. They need to be in the mix, for sure. Right now, I think BYU, <laughs> in many ways, Jerem, is a women's sports school. When you think about everything that's happened. Incredible soccer, volleyball, track and field, yes. cross-country, basketball. They're all incredible! They're amazing. Thankfully, football had a great season and have had two great seasons in a row, so they're maintaining their part as well. <laughs> they're doing their part. Nice. NFL rumors have the New York Jets and Miami Dolphins. Miami this, Dolphins. This, this just in, Adam Schefter stating the Chiefs are trading <gasps> Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. Oh, dang it! For a bunch of picks. Dang it! We were hoping it'd be the Jets. Would that have changed things for the Jets if Tyreek Hill had gone to New York? Yes, yes. Tyreek Hill is the fastest human in the NFL. 
Like, he's unbelievable. Cam Miller, our guy, said, Zach Wilson, deep to Tyreek Hill. I can see it. Unfortunately, that's not yeah. going to happen. It's five picks for him. A first, <sighs> a second, a fourth, a fourth, and a sixth. In the Just next couple years. traded to the Dolphins per Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. Shefty! Miami Dolphins. Miami. Lincoln Riley's first practice at USC was said to be, quote, flawless and, quote, the greatest practice ever on a college <laughs> campus. How could you possibly know that? How much snark is in that from Colin Coward? When he Should BYU as the reigning Pac-12 South champ. <laughs> Go ahead and hand the trophy over right now. May as well, Jerem. I mean, USC. Oh, my They gosh. got their head coach. They got their quarterback, Caleb Williams. Apparently, they're running perfect practices in that beautiful sunshine-riddled Southern California area. Yeah. What are the taxes on that place? Let's just declare them the de facto Pac-12 champs right now. Well, here's why. They won't have to play BYU. There you go. Amen. No game against BYU. So it'll be a lot easier. Schedule eases up for USC. The United States Football League. Yep, so that's right. The USFL is back. Implemented three new rules, which include a double forward pass, as long as the first pass is completed behind the original line of scrimmage. Yep. Okay. Okay. A three-point point after touchdown exception that is gives you uh, from the ten. You have to score from the ten-yard line. Yeah, we've all played intramurals. We're very familiar with okay. these rules. And instead of the onside kick, you have a fourth and 12 from your own 33. I think the AF did this. <laughs> Which of these rules would you most want college football to implement? Uh, the double forward pass is super fun. No, but the fourth and 12 from their own 33 instead of an onside kick, I think that's fun. Yes. I like that one. I, I think the AF did that one. Yes. It's a little bit more attainable than yes. an onside kick. And I like the idea of teams having that shot. In fact, you can, yes. you can do, do as many times as you want. You feel like you can get 12 yards on fourth down from your own 33. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Netflix series Stranger Things, which we uh, really enjoy here, released photos from its upcoming season four, and one features a BYU pennant Sailor Cook hanging <laughs> on the wall. They had one in season three as well, which is super cool with Susie from Utah, assumed to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. BYU. Okay. Is this the greatest BYU holiday Easter, uh, Hollywood Easter egg ever? Yeah, do we get to see Susie from Utah? I'm assuming they're in her in room. Season four. Is that her? Is that her pennant? Yeah. I'm assuming they're in yeah, her room right, right there. You would think so. Talking about what's going to happen next with the, the greatest BYU Hollywood Easter egg ever? Like what, I don't know of another. What's better than that? What send it send tweet at us. What's the what other mentions or have happened with BYU and Hollywood? I don't know. BYU Hollywood Easter eggs. We need to compile some like, more because this one right now yeah. feels like it's the best because Stranger Things has so much positive yes. momentum. And BYU is one thing like Mormons, like the Mormon twins from Ocean 11 or whatever, yeah. like yeah. that's different. Now they go back and they dub it and they say, remember the Jesus letters? <laughs> Coming up. Hopefully it's not our last Double Down Picks of the Year. You do not want to miss our interview with Gabe Judy Lolly, newest member of the BYU football pass defense. Why did he commit to BYU? He had other options. This is BYU Sports Nation. Saw the Stranger Things picture, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The softball doubleheader coming up Friday night as the BYU Cougars take on the Iowa State Cyclones. Starts at 6 Eastern time on the BYU TF. Oh, a little Big 12 preview. Yep. Let's go, yep, baby. They're a good team. 
top 50 RPI team. I know how much you value the RPI, Jerem. Get out of here. Welcome back to BYU Sports Is it a quad Sports one Nation. or not? It's a quad one matchup. <laughs> Live from Studio B, I've decided that it's a quad one series. <laughs> we have to come up with a football equivalent <laughs> because we freaking love the quads so I, much. I put it together. I'll show you after. I, I'm going to do this in the upcoming season. No kidding. Kay. I will show you the numbers. Get a computer on it. We welcome our next guest with a fabulous stat of the day. <laughs> we'll get the music later. Sing it, Jerem. All right. Gabe Judy Lolly. It's the BYU Sports <laughs> Nation stat of the I'll day. start on BYU Sports Nation Studio B. Five-yard penalty. Gabe Judy Lolly. The transfer from Vanderbilt, now BYU, was tied for the second fewest receptions allowed among all SEC cornerbacks in 2021. He gave up just 14 receptions. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty stinking that's good. That's incredible, especially when you consider Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley Jr. of LSU are the top two. That's well, awesome. well, well. That's awesome. As promised, the newest BYU Cougar, Gabe Judy Lolly, joins us over Zoom Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. We are thrilled to have you. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get on here and, you know, just chop it up and talk to Cougar Nation. Did you get bored with quarterbacks not throwing your way? (laughs) (laughs) You know, just a little bit, but, you know, that meant I had to stop uh, the run more, so I like to hit, so it was a pretty good time regardless. Oh, a good combo there. I like that. And we're saying your name correctly, Gabe Judy Lally. Is that right? Uh, Gabe Judy Lally. 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 Okay. Yeah. Lally. Yeah. That's why, why we asked. asked. This is why we asked. That's why we asked. Lally. Lally. Thank you. Okay. Very okay. good. Awesome. No so, problem. So ultimately, uh, you know, you choose to transfer and you choose BYU. What went into the uh, that decision? Um, well, you know, I love my time at Vanderbilt. No ill will is great time. I mean, getting my degree, great university. And I just thought that it was time for me to like move on to a different route, you know, somewhere that'll develop me and, uh, to the next level that I want to go to, you know, win some football games at the same time. And, uh, a lot of great schools come in during this process. And, um, I appreciate everybody's love, but after I went on my visit to BYU, I just kind of saw that both from a football standpoint and academic standpoint, because, you know, football ends at some point in time. Um, I thought that it was just going to be the best place to set me up if I wanted to go to the NFL. And after the NFL, you know, business, that's what I want to do. So I thought that the Marriott School of Business also set me up. You know, the culture at BYU is just great. You know, they really care about the players. You know, fans are really into it. And at the same time, it's, um, it's like a low-stress environment, which is really good, especially – for, I mean, we're playing football. There's a lot of stress already that goes on in the game and just the culture that's around like athlete well-being and stuff like that. I thought it was super important, especially like now that I'm a grad student or like older in the game, like I just realized it's not about the rah-rah and everything like that, the jerseys and the equipment and all that type of stuff. It's more or less about the people that are going to care about you and the people that are going to shoot straight with you. And I thought that BYU was the place that truly did that. Gabe Judy Lally is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're compiling a gift package to send to the BYU Marriott School right now uh, for their role <laughs> in helping it again. you decide to come to BYU. Gabe, you mentioned that now you're a grad student. With the COVID year and all these strange exceptions and extra eligibility, do you have three years of eligibility if you decided to use all three? Is that correct? Yes, I do have three years of eligibility. 
because I'll be graduating three years from Vanderbilt. So I have my senior year of football, my uh, redshirt year, and then my COVID if I choose to uh, extend the opportunity. Hold up. Vanderbilt is an incredible academic institution. How in the world did you graduate in three years? That's amazing. Um, you know, my mom's always been a stickler on school. So, you know, when I got to Vanderbilt, I, I realized that if I wanted to play football, regardless if it was on scholarship or not, I had to get the grades or my mom would let me play. So uh, I just I just kept my head down and grinded. Gabe, what was your first impression of BYU football head coach Kalani Satake? Oh, I just honestly thought he was just like like a really cool guy. He's just really amicable. Like my mom even said it felt like she knew him for many years just ever having that small interaction and conversation that we had at lunch. I thought he was a great guy. He had he has a vision for the program and um he's been doing this thing already for so many years and I think that like just me being able to join that like it'll just help everything gel together and I just I just thought he was a really cool guy, honestly. Well, we think he's pretty cool, too. And we want to understand the timeline of all this process for you. So when did BYU first become a possibility for you, and how quickly did this thing come together? Walk us through the timeline there. Okay, so, um, of course, you guys know Derwin Gray. Uh, So he coached me in high school for my freshman and sophomore year. Oh, nice. And, yeah, so it was, I guess it was – late February is just after my birthday he had reached out to me and uh he asked me like about the opportunity if I'd want to come to BYU and sorts and I I mean I told him I was like I, I mean I don't really know too much about it but you know if I'm able to get in contact and have these conversations like we could see what happens no guarantees though but uh, a couple of days later coach G reached out to me um, got a little bit in contact and then I was actually in Nashville visiting some friends over the weekend and uh, Coach she reached out and he was like, hey, can you get up here on Thursday? And then I think it was like Monday. And I was like, uh, yeah, I think I could get up there on <laughs> Thursday. So I set it up with my mom and such. And um, from there, the timeline just kind of went quickly. Uh, I got up there, got to visit. Then I actually went away. I was out of the country for a little bit, so you know, got some time to think on the decision and such. And uh, then I got to come back, talk to my family, and I just thought that it was the right decision for me to make at the moment in time. So I'd say, um, as it seems as like a rapid timeline, it it actually all worked out pretty well in its own. And and when it's uh, you know your second school, you know what you want, like you talked about. There's certain things that maybe when you were 17 you wanted, but now when you're a little older. You, you want different things. So um, with, with BYU, uh, I, I've seen you listed at 6'1", 186. What kind of player are you as a corner? And what do you, what do you feel like you excel at? Um, honestly, the type of corner I am, I want to say that I'm uh, aggressive, tackling, um, really good coverage guy. Honestly, like when it comes to stopping the run – I'm, a, I'm there. I want to stop the run. I want to be physical. I want to make sure that you know that I'm coming every single time. And then when it comes to, you know, just covering and stuff like that, I mean, I don't get the ball thrown at me a lot. And it's not because I, I'm always there to make the play or anything like that. It's just because the receiver usually blanketed in coverage. So the quarterback knows that it's just not an area of the field that he wants to throw to. And I feel like bringing that to BYU, you know, both sides of the field will now be locked down and then that you're going to be one-dimensional. And I think it's pretty hard to win football games when you're one-dimensional. And I think that that's what I bring to the table. I mean, of course, with my experience playing leadership as well and uh, being there in big games, you know, get, 
getting to be able to play in the SEC, just a lot. The crowds have been around, you know, top 10 teams and such, you know, none of that stuff scares me. So I'd be able to bring that to the table and just tell everybody, you know, we're here to play a football game. And, you know, at the end of the day, the best team is going to win. And it doesn't matter who it is, it's just the team that makes the least amount of mistakes. So that's what I believe I'll bring to the table. The newest member of the BYU football team, Gabe Judy Lally, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. How much interaction have you had with current BYU football players? Um, so when I went on my visit, I got to hang out with Caleb and Malik. They're really cool guys. You know, talking to Caleb now, you know, seeing about living situations, stuff, stuff like that. Um, you know, so just talking to Caleb, I got to know, like, he went, through transfer process as well, got to pick BYU, transfer from Oregon State, and uh, it was just kind of good to get like a familiar face in the same situation. And um, from what I heard from him and, and the success that he's already had, like I can tell that it was a great decision for him. And you know, he's had a lot of experience also in college football, so getting able to like just be around him and um, hear about you know Coach G and everybody, like I thought it was really impressive and then you know Malik is out there making plays and just you know telling me what it's like to be on defense and part of this team and I thought it was a really good experience when I got up there to hang out with them all right Gabe uh we need to send a gift basket to Derwin Gray as well so we will get on that as well as the Marriott <laughs> School Derwin Gray. hey we're thrilled to have you as part of BYU football um, and we know this has been a crazy process for you. So thanks for taking some time with us in your very busy day. You just let us know what we can do for you, okay? Uh, because we're, we're here for you to broadcast the good news of Gabe Judy Lally choosing BYU. So uh, let us know what we can do for you. Well, guys, I thank you guys for having me. And, you know, um, just all the love and support from, from Cougar Nation, and I really appreciate it. And I Appreciate you guys welcoming me with open arms, and I can't wait to get over there this fall and win some football games, you know, see us on New Year's also. Let's go. Yes. All right, Gabe. Thanks for the time, man. We'll talk to you again soon. See you on campus. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Gabe Judy Lally on BYU Sports Nation. Lally like rally. Yep. Yeah. Now we know. That's great. And on the graphic, I love it. Uda, Assume nothing. Uda Lally. <laughs> yes. Exactly. The throwback to Robin Hood. Exactly. The greatest Disney movies. Don't argue with me. I'll die on that hill. All right. That's coming up after the break. That said, <laughs> you can all watch Gabe in the secondary and all of BYU football in how many days? Countdown to the Bulls. 164. 164 days uh, away. 164. Didn't we bring 64? it back initially at 200? That Has it been that long? 36 days? Okay. Are you telling me it's going to be around the corner? I'm, I'm liking, it's still March. I don't know, man. 36 days moved very quickly. Coming up, our Rise and Shadow. And it's a ball night. We give our double down predictions for tonight's matchup with the Cougars. You do it. Ball knit. Hi, Zoom. Go. My bad. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Hopefully tonight is not our final double-down picking session of the season. We want BYU to be in New York session, City. Session, like with a therapist? A session. <laughs> I need some therapy. Everybody needs therapy. Let's season. go. Good grief. Uh, I'm looking to finish the season strong. 
like BYU Individual development. Right, that, individual development. This is the NIT for you? Build some momentum for the next year. Yeah. Yeah, I've embraced this. Yeah. So let's get to our double down picks. I'll start <laughs> because I'm down like 20. <laughs> Number one, Jerem's NIT Final Four will not be perfect. Okay. Oh, so you have. I'm leaning heavily on yep. Texas A&M to beat Wake Forest. Okay. 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 <laughs> They're probably a favorite in that game. And number two, I'm fingers crossed for this because I feel like this is the only way BYU can beat Washington State. BYU will out rebound Washington State tonight. Okay. Let's go. Number one, BYU have more more offensive boards than Wazoo, Ooh. who's pretty good at it. And then uh, number two, BYU shoots a higher two point field goal percentage. Okay. We don't normally assess that. I love looking at two-point field goal percentage. They don't, but it's it's threes, it's overall, and it's ones, free throws. Why isn't two-point broken out on its own? Yeah, why, I need that. And how will BYU's two-point offense attack a very, very size-friendly yeah. team in Washington State? Meaning with threes. Yeah, that's true. Or with uh, floaters. Okay, Alex Marcelo floater, yeah. T-John. Or you draw them out. Question of the day, does BYU need to win tonight against Washington State in order to call this season a success? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Ames Flames. Yes. Protect Jimmer's house. Oh, it's not called that? Well, it is now. Hashtag Jimmermania forever. If this were the 70s, we would say, well, Stan Watts built it and Chris Merchosich filled it. Crush's house. Yeah. Then it was Danny's say. house. Yep. And then it was Matt Montague's house. <laughs> and then it was... Michael Brains. <laughs> Michael Brains. <laughs> Ron Saliza's house. Ron- <laughs> Today's Rise no and one. Shout Out. Presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. To Ron Saliz. Just kidding. Gabe <laughs> Judy Lally. Fun conversation with him. He knows what he wants, man. Three years graduating from Vandy? Holy shnike. Yes. Our thanks to today's guest, Cody Feger and Gabe Judy Lally. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We mentioned Ron <laughs> Salis, but not you. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to that entire 1997 BYU basketball team. I love that team, team dude. <laughs> they got I to re- the WAC tournament. I really-